So the topic that came to mind for me this this uh, week or day was the concept of like faux forgiveness or or how how we conceptualize forgiveness when we've been violated, right? There were three stories that really stood out to me over the past like two weeks or week, whatever. There was the James Wright, Chanel, and Krishan story. Then there was the Diddy and Cassie lawsuit. And then last night I watched the latest episode of Basketball Wise review coming soon. And the dynamic between Evelyn and Jennifer. And it got me to thinking of how all these um, institutions kind of contribute to how we process forgiveness and how we look at it. And so starting with the Evelyn and Jennifer situation. So I, they were, they went to see a shaman and they were um, expressing things that they wanted to, you know, change and put out on the table. And Evelyn's thing was she wanted to not harbor negative feelings towards Jennifer Now, Jennifer mustered up some tears for this and, you know, acknowledged that she wanted to do the same. But it got me to thinking of that last season of Miami and how Jennifer had become like this punching bag for everybody. And that instance of Evelyn running across the boardroom table and that Nia girl slapping Jennifer in the neck and how not only was that embarrassing for her because it was on television, but the violation of two people who were good friends of yours and who you shared intimate moments with now physically assaulting you. And I I just find that, you know, friendships are an interesting thing because they're like family. They're 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 relationships that you kind of gravitate to. There's an element of choice. But it's really just a natural gravitation, right? And I felt like Jennifer was put in a situation where she had to agree with it because if she didn't agree with it, that would then lead to more conflict. And in the context of a reality show, you know, if you don't go along to get along, then that then leads to why you don't forgive her and you know, possibly more violence being enacted against you. So then Evelyn turned it into Jennifer should uh, be kind of seeking forgiveness from her daughter and because she said something about her. And that made me think that if you get physically violent with me, if you assault me, I'm going to say anything about you that I want. I'm going to talk about your child. I'm going to talk about your appearance. I'm going to talk about your unborn fetus. I'm going to talk about anything I find licensed to talk about. Because you used your your hands, your weapons, you used some sort of physical violence to enact on me because you couldn't use your words. And so it was like this weird thing where... There was this need for a mutual forgiveness or a mutual exchange of forgiveness in order for them to move forward. First of all, I'm sorry. Once you fall out with a friend really bad, 
You guys will never be the same that you were before. Now, you can construct a new friendship and and insert the boundaries that you've developed in the time since. But you're never going to have that core friendship that you had before the violation. You just aren't. That's just you're, you're not going to it's not going to happen. So it really got me to thinking of like the socialization of how. You have to, and Jennifer has kind of adapted this this idea, right? That I'm just unbothered by it and I can move forward and I'm just going to have this like stoic reaction to it when in actuality, your person was violated, your personal space, your, you know, you were assaulted and now you have to, for the sake of optics, be forgiving or accepting of this person's acknowledgement because it wasn't really an apology. And I say this liking Evelyn. I, I don't I don't dislike Evelyn. So but I find that one of her biggest flaws is that she is allowed to be violent with you and you should accept it and move forward with her when she wants to. And I just don't think that that's a natural expectation to have on people. I don't think it's a natural, you know, it, it's not a natural humanistic behavior for you to be physically violent with me. And I should want to continue to be platonically intimate with you as a friend. And then, um, you know, it, it that leads me to the Cassie and Diddy of it all. Now, first, let me say this is all alleged. I'm not Tasha K, so don't fucking, you know, these celebrities are so happy. This is all alleged. But the lawsuit that Cassie brought against Diddy for their um, the physical violence and abuse that she endured for years with him, allegedly. And so there's kind of been two schools of thought on this. Now, why there's two schools of thought on it, I don't understand because I feel like they, this is more, there should be more of a general, you know, concrete view on this, stance on this. But, you know, via social media, everybody has an opinion. So, I, again, I don't know why there are varying opinions on this. But there's been a consensus of people who feel as though there should be a time limit on, inter, on intimate partner violence. You even had Slim Thug release a video saying that there should be a time limit put on it. And if you don't say it when it happens, then you should just move on and not acknowledge it and let it be what it is. I find that very stupid, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I find it especially egregious and stupid from the men who sit in these digital spaces and say this bullshit when they're dealing with their own trauma that they've suppressed because they don't have the, the, the gumption to acknowledge it. Because they can't acknowledge the uncle and the pastor and the teacher and the fucking babysitter that molested them or physically assaulted them or violated them as people. But they're going to project on women how they should acknowledge abuse that they've endured. So they should suppress that abuse. They should suppress that anger. They should suppress it all to make them violent terrorists like like many of you are who go through, who who walk around social media like the playground bullies and tell people how to feel, how to react, and how to experience things. 
And I just thought, let's take the money out of it, right? Let's take the monetary, the monetary demand out of it, what she wanted monetarily. And let's look at just her airing her grievance. There's this school of thought that when a woman airs her grievance, that she's she's joining the witch hunt to tear down the black man. How dare you make this black man look bad? How dare you air out trauma that you experienced that that this abuser inflicted on you? Well, you're going to make him look bad. And that then goes back to the religion and the socialization that I feel contributes to this fake ass sense of forgiveness and how you should just be quiet because you don't want to make somebody look bad. When, as I said, I'm a proponent of the thought that emotional abuse trumps physical abuse. The black eye, it can go away, but the black eye beneath the surface It never goes away. So I find that to be interesting because this woman airing her grievance somehow is trumped by protecting somebody's reputation. Which, I mean, if we want to be honest, and it came out, she she warned him months prior, whether you want to consider that blackmail, whatever. She warned him months prior that she was going to bring this to the forefront and his ego allowed him to call her bluff and sit on it and and ignore the fact that he could have saved, salvaged his reputation by paying her quietly and making it go away. But he didn't. So she decided to air her grievance as she pleased. And so you have these, you have this section. It's not just men, it's male identified women as well who subscribe to the misogyny, subscribe to the patriarchy, and they believe that you, if you don't say it when it happens, you should just suppress it and be miserable about it. But you still have to hold that fake smile of forgiveness on your face. Which then leads me to the third story, the James Wright Chanel and Krishan story. This is what really prompted this because I find this this story to be very more complex than the other two, but very fascinating, right? Because the 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 story is that, I guess, two weeks ago at a Tamar concert, Krishan was invited and somehow she ended up assaulting James Wright Chanel. Now, he his response has been very, as, as the kids say, cryptic. He's posted a lot of Sarah Jakes Roberts quotes and religious quotes and covered by the blood of God, et cetera, et cetera. Don't get me wrong. We we absolutely are covered by the blood of God. I, I, I believe in karma. I believe that God has my back in all situations that I endure. Don't get that twisted. But we're also human. And you physically being violent with me, you assaulting me does not mean that I don't take legal recourse against you. Does not mean that I don't knock the fuck out of you back, regardless whether you're a man or a woman. God having my back doesn't mean that I'm not going to respond in the way I see fit that you serve punishment. So we got, I and I also find that black queer men, black gay men are put in this position of, having to endure abuse from either way. 
Now he's assaulted by a woman, so he can't be physically violent back with her despite her habitual cycle of solving all her issues with violence, whether it be with women, whether it be with men. She's allowed to behave like a wild banshee, a wild animal, and punch and kick and be violent with whoever she sees fit. And it's rewarded with money, with fame, with adulation, with applause, all because people relate to the kind of trauma she's going through that she voluntarily is enduring. But because people relate to that and because people, you know, find solace in that, he's supposed to put on his masculinity cape and just be assaulted and move forward with it. Now, one, not only would my problem be with her, but my problem would also be with your employer slash friend, Tamar, because she is, is, is she's providing this work environment, right? So she chooses to invite somebody. I won't call her homophobic, but she's expressed her disdain for feminine gay men. Krishan has dis, has expressed that she's playing the role of mother and father for the sole fact that she doesn't want a feminine gay son. So Tamar invites that person, despite her fan base being 90% feminine gay men and her background singers and her staff all being feminine gay men, she invites this violent animal. I won't call her a woman. I'll say a girl. She invites this violent little girl into her, into her work environment and is surprised that somehow physical violence occurs. Despite every time we see this person, physical violence occurs. Now, in my opinion, Tamar is spiritually connected to mess and violence and drama and chaos. She, as much as she likes to play the victim, she is spiritually connected to chaos and drama and violence. She loves it. She relishes in it. So in her mind, she probably thought something would happen but with an audience member or someone she wasn't responsible for. But instead, it happens to someone she claims to be her friend someone who is her employer because he's her background singer. So you're supposed to perform to the best of your abilities as her background singer. And you're supposed to perform to the level that she needs you at, despite being physically assaulted by someone who unnecessarily was there. I find a problem with that. I find an issue with that. But I'm not the person to find a problem issue with that because he also strikes me as the kind of person who loves the proximity to the fame. He loves the proximity to someone like Tamar and what comes with that and the notoriety that comes with that. But for me, I don't give a fuck about that. You don't get to physically assault me because you're drunk and that's your only recourse because you don't know how to use your fucking words. You don't get to physically assault me because you didn't get your way and you're used to getting your way. And when you don't, you get to exhibit bad behavior and get paid for it. You don't get I, that doesn't fly with me. That doesn't that doesn't work with me. But in this instance, again, you're supposed to forgive and for the betterment, betterment of yourself, you just should tolerate it and move on. So all three of these instances I thought were very interesting because there are three separate instances, but they all tie back to this idea of this 
fake sense of forgiveness and how we should just tolerate being assaulted, abused, and violated, whether physically or emotionally, but pre- predominantly physically, and for our own uh, the optics of appearing unbothered, which by the way, can we fucking retire that word? I'm sick of the word unbothered. We're human beings. We're not unbothered. Whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's happiness, whether it's fucking anxiety, we respond to things accordingly. We have emotions and we're not, you're, if you're unbothered, there's something wrong with you and you should go see a therapist because you shouldn't be unbothered. You, you're going to react in some kind of way. So this idea that you can just pray away the anxiety, you can just pray away the anger, is, 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 you're delusional if you really think that. And so it really brought me to thinking of like the type of relationships that we foster with people, whether it's a friendship, whether it's an intimate partner relationship whether it's a friend slash employer slash backup singer relationship, there needs to be a level of boundaries. Otherwise, you're going to fall victim to this fake sense of forgiveness and you're going to suppress it and you're going to walk around and be an angry, mean, mad terrorist within society and projecting it onto other people because you didn't respond to it how you should have responded to it 10 years ago because people told you that you need to keep it to yourself and you need to hold on to it. And look, don't get me wrong. I I think that responding with violence may not necessarily be the, the right approach. Again, like I said in the beginning of this video, violence is acceptable to me when it's two people in the street and we're having conflict and it's, and we're getting physically violent with each other, then whatever happens, happens. If you get your ass beat, you get your ass beat. But if we're, if we're using words or we're having a disagreement verbally and you don't know how to handle your words, so you choose to hit me with an object or hit me with your fist, or get violent with me in some kind of way, there's there's consequences for your actions. And you don't get to you don't get to impose that on me because that's the only way that you've been taught or you were dragged up to deal with things that don't go your way. So I say all that to say when you're confronted with these situations, respond to them. Expose that person, expose their behavior, expose their violence, expose their abuse, and let them deal with their reputation. Let them deal with the consequences of not knowing how to uh, respond in an adult-like behavior. If they have a habitual cycle of being violent, I'm going to be the last one because I'm going to I'm going to. You're not going to you're not going to get to unknowingly enacted on anybody else. Now, I must say, I, I'm not a, a victim or a survivor of violence, so I can't speak to it to a full degree. But I will say the reason that I'm not is because you don't even get one chance to be violent with me. So the, the moment I smell it, 
I'm distancing myself from it. I'm removing myself from the situation and you're going to go be violent with someone else. Or the worst case scenario, which is what you should do, is go be violent with yourself. Go be violent with the person in the mirror. Go abuse the person in the mirror because that's who you're really angry at. You don't get to take your mommy issues and your daddy issues and your 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 being unequipped to deal with your emotions out on me through being violent with me and assaulting me. That's not how that works. So this was just on my mind and I was like, I have thoughts. So I wanted to express those thoughts. I wanted to say to the people who are enduring some sort of a violence or who are unsure on how they should respond to um, being presented with quote-unquote forgiveness and suppressing that and, and still being angry about it, but for the sake of optics and appearing like you're unbothered, holding on to that, fuck that person, fuck that situation, and fuck everybody, fuck the religion, and fuck the socialization that's telling you you need to be quiet because you're fucking causing too much of a storm. Air them out. Air them out. I don't want to say too much. That's, those are my thoughts, and I'll probably be back with something else. So, yeah, thank you for listening, and I will see you, or no, I won't see you, but I'll, you'll hear me in the next, uh, in the next episode. All right, peace.